Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com How much does it cost to build a dispensary anyway? We're going to be talking all about that in a very special episode of Cannabis Legalization News. How much does it cost to open a dispensary? It is the question that you need to be in a legal state and also over 21 to ask. So welcome to a new episode. Maggie. Are you enjoying the background music that we're able to? I can, I can turn nice. up the background. I'll go, I'll go. I can also turn down the background music. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm like StreamYard. 19 uh, sneaking yeah, into the weird warehouses. Well, new features. So? Like StreamYard has new features. But David, David Fetner from Grow America Builders has come on the show to discuss how much does it cost to build a dispensary anyway? I mean, it's where are you working these days, David? Oh, well, we're everywhere right now. We're out in California. We have a few jobs out there. We're in Montana, New Jersey, you name it. We're about to get started in Mississippi. Thank God they oh. finally got that going. So, yeah, yeah Mississippi. Yeah, they have yeah. been they've been hounding us. And so I'm worth and, and I look at that bill and I'm like, "Man, that could be open." But at the same mm-hmm. time, Governor Tate Reeves, I have no idea how it's going to be. So, I'm telling them I think it's going to be regulated. And so like the the types of stuff we're going to be talking about today with an estimate that you gave us for New Jersey for how much it costs to 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 do a dispensary build out there, probably going to be in the ballpark for uh, Missouri, I'm sorry, Mississippi or Missouri when they legalize other yeah. highly regulated yeah. markets. Yep. Okay, I lowered it down, bro. I uh, lowered it down, from, bro. <laughs> and then like maybe you shouldn't turn it down. Uh, you know, we could have we have so many different ones. And other no, it's good. But uh, David, why don't you tell us about uh, your business and who you are, where you come from? Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, David Fetner. I'm uh, located here in Chicago. Uh, that's where our headquarters are. We've got a uh, one of the only national design build companies where we strictly do cannabis, right? We don't build anything else, no bars, restaurants, just if it's in cannabis, we build it. And, um, you know, for about 20 years or so, I was uh, working with my family's construction company. My father, Mark Fetner, is a Chicago construction legend, and we built everything, you name it, food laboratories, restaurants, schools, churches, synagogues. And about five years ago, we uh, pivoted, right? Pivoted to cannabis, kind of have a 30-year love affair with weed and merged my love for cannabis with what I do. And Tom, as you know, I was also an attorney for about 20 years, real estate, Mm -hmm. zoning law. And uh, since then, you know, we've built, like you said, we're 
probably 10 different states. We do cultivation, greenhouses, ton of dispensaries. You know, that's probably our bread and butter. And, um, you know, love it, right? Great industry, as we all know. And Canada, an attorney too? What's that? You say you were an attorney as well? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Did uh, a lot of zoning law. I was uh, on the town zoning board of appeals. So, you know, it helps in cannabis. You know, every state's different. So mm-hmm. it's great when I can walk into a local zoning board or, you know, a city council meeting. And I have literally have eight years experience sitting on that. You mm. know, I can talk the talk and walk the walk with uh, municipalities also. So it's I kind huge. of, you know, wear both hats. Yeah, it, yeah. it is huge. It's helped big time. You know, just working from state to state in construction and cannabis, you know, every state's different, right? So I'm opening up a code book and, you know, one vault is different then the vault, you have to, you know, if you build a vault yeah. in New Jersey, it's different than a vault in Arkansas, right? And and we came across that. So it's been helpful. It's been great. But those are like like security requirements, but like fundamentally because of your knowledge of like construction. And I mean, yeah. Chicago's got that whole old tier legacy, you know, children taking over the jobs. Like the fact that you grew up with it, you already had that terminology, grew up with the familiarity of like, you know, two by fours and how code works. But like- yeah fundamentally though like the the housing codes are all the same right from state to state or the building codes rather it's the yeah the extras right you got the universe yeah you've got the universal building code right and so they try to keep it consistent but what happens with cannabis right when you're building in different states is you know you know it's regulated by the state so you have the actual building codes you have the regular building departments that come out to do their inspections but then you have the state inspectors who come out to do their cannabis centric inspections right and they're looking at things a little bit differently. And you have different quirks, right? Like when you're building, I'm going to say vault, right? Because vault's probably the number one thing that's different. You know, some states we can build with the wire mesh, right? The DEA approved wire mesh. You do wow. drywall over that and you're good. But that also changes from state to state on the gauge you need to use, right? The thickness of that metal is different from state to state. So, you know, it's just, it's just, it's part of the reason why I love it, right? Because it is different. You're always thinking you got to kind of stand your toes. Yep. It is always yeah. different, no matter where you're looking at. Like, yeah. getting a license in one state could be a piece of cake. Getting a license in another state, man, you need like some kabuki theater and magic. But, <laughs> you uh, know it absolutely. It, and then the regulations are there, and then you have to build to the regulations. So, yeah. have you seen a lot of that um, variability depending on where where you're located, where the building's going to be when you're creating mm-hmm. uh, bids? for, you know, rough cost estimates and things. Well, absolutely, right? So if we're going to be doing a bid in, you know, like Montclair, New Jersey, or downtown Chicago, we're bidding it, you know, you have to bid on on union prices, right? Union labor prices. You have to figure, downtown San Francisco, for instance, you have to figure very, very high costs. I mean, you know, some of our our contractors would be driving around for two, three hours for parking per day, right? Just you have to factor that in. And as opposed to when we build in Arkansas, right, or Mississippi, it's a little bit different. You know, you think we built up in Montana also. In Montana, you think, oh, it's wide open. You don't have to really worry about a lot of things, not a lot of huge population. The challenges we had up there, okay, were harder than when we built in New Jersey during COVID. Because, you know, you you got fly fishing season, nobody's working. You got hunting season, oh, nobody's working, right? Are you kidding? You got, you got, well, the good old boys like, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. And, and you know what? And I respect that, though. Yeah. You know what? If you're living up in Montana, you're surrounded, you're in God's country, you got to take advantage of it, right? Yeah. But, you know, city boy here in Chicago, I'm like, where is everybody? Oh, it's fly fishing season. You'll see them in three, four weeks. 
you know, wow. and, and it's so, so the cost of doing construction in Montana, that was a rude awakening because not just the cost, but the timing also. Right. Um, so yeah, regionally it's so different and it's, it, it can even change from town to town within that state. No yeah. I, I tell everybody yeah. that like tries to get in, like how like ridiculously hyper local this industry can uh, be sometimes. Yeah. And, and then they're like, what? And then everybody thinks that it's going to be $5 and 27 cents to open a dispensary. What do you think is behind that um, misconception that these things are actually kind of expensive to open? Well, I think first of all, it's weed, right? It's cannabis. So everybody thinks everything surrounding cannabis is going to be super expensive. Anyways, it's going to have hoops to jump through and that's partially right. Uh, but with a dispensary, you know, you're building, it's a, it's a hybrid type building, right? You're building retail, you're building something that's, that's kind of like secure, like a bank. Mm -hmm. And you also, you know, the, with the medical ones, it's something that's more clinical. So you're combining, you know, let's say a, a, a retail store, like a gap or an apple with a pharmacy, with a bank, you're, you're merging all those together. So because you're doing that, it's a little bit different and it can be expensive, but at the same time, when you strip it away, right. And you take out the security component and the surveillance and you take out, you know, the secure storage, the vault, you're building a retail storefront. That's what it is. So, yeah. you know, and, and when you, when you strip all that away, you know, it's, it's not as complex as it may seem on its face. Yeah. What? But I think a lot of people gloss over that they see the dispensary, they see the retail space, but I don't think they see the storage. I don't think they see that they're kind of building like a bank or like a casino where it's, yeah. it's the vault area. And then it's also this very complex security that is designed yeah. to prevent theft. Or if theft yeah. does happen, to ensure that the theft goes, you know, it's solved as opposed to uh, mm -hmm. who knows yeah. who stole that money. I think well, and yeah, I'm sorry. Honestly, David, I just think that your position though too is you don't you're you're dealing with the 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 industry already after the licensing's been won. Uh the the board, the people have already got their money and they're now like, okay, now we gotta do brick and mortar or uh, have you seen like an upcycle where you refurbish like an old building? Do you do a lot of that as well? Yeah, absolutely. And and actually just kind of getting back to that, we actually help shepherd people through the application process too, because they need to know before they even enter the app phase sometimes, how much is this going to cost? How, what, how much money am I going to need to come up with? And, you know, as Tom knows with, you know, we collaborated on a couple of Ohio projects, the Ohio applications, we had to submit an itemized cost budget and a schedule you know, as part of the application. So, wow. you know, sometimes we'll even help, you know, before they have their license. And, and we have a lot of clients we're working with, you know, just to kind of shepherd through that process. But, you know, getting back to your question, you know, we have got, um, you know, once once they have the license in hand, right? And they're ready for the, the brick and mortar. Um, you know, we have a, uh, as Tom, you know, I sent over a couple of quotes, but we have, you know, an itemized checklist and we have a number of items that we go through, and, you know, start the process. It's, um, you know, again, it's not, I want to say, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. Like we we're talking about, you know, security and all that, but yeah, how the, how the facility operates, right? Like the back of the house, there's a lot of interaction. You have, you know, different states have different requirements, but you have a lot of the employees who are in the back of the house. They're taking the product from the vault, you know, mm. to maybe a, a little area in the back where you're putting it together and then bring it up to the bud tender who's then selling it to the consumer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we try to do some design work where you have a lot of, you know, um, uh, pass-throughs, right? From So you go, so you could be working in the vault, 
put the bag together, mm. put it through the pass-through, blood tender can turn around, grab it. There's a lot of different ways to for efficiency. So yeah, security, surveillance, um, you know, how are we dealing with the with the front of the house, make it look nice and pretty. But the back of the house is probably the most important portion of a dispensary because mm-hmm. that's going to make or break how efficient you're going to be throughout the day. No doubt. People from Texas and South Africa tuning in. Yeah. You guys can't have dispensaries yet. One day. Texas, we got to get, we got to get get Texas Texas going. We got to get South Africa. Yeah. Don't forget about them. But I I think that's fascinating. And then like, what about these other types of regulations that we're seeing out of uh, jurisdictions like New Jersey, where they have a micro license and it's got this 2,500 square Mm -hmm. foot physical plant of where all your cannabis operations are going to take place. Mm -hmm. How do you use that small amount of square footage, just 2,500 square foot and plan out where the vault's going to be, where the, you know, those types of areas are going to be, or then we have to look at it. And so these regulations will come out like, how are they defining physical plants? You know, is it the whole uh, dispensary has to be 2,500 square feet or is it only just where you're dispensing the cannabis has to be 2,500 square feet? Yeah. And that's, that's a great question. And and we were dealing with that with the cultivation applications for New Jersey too, right? What's, what are they defining as, you know, canopy? Um, yeah. You know, so I think it, it goes back to the dispensary too, but 2,500 square feet, you know, we can design a very nice and efficient dispensary. Um, it's just going to have to be very efficient with space and square footage. You know, what? that's something that since we've done so many dispensaries, we know what works, but more importantly, like we've seen what doesn't work, right? We've seen, you know, what people or clients have come back to us and said, oh boy, I really wish that vault was 10 times bigger, right? Because you always grow out of the vault. That's the first thing we say. You grow out even of the vault. Seems, There's only, even if it's, it's the vault money or weed or both. It's weed. It's it's product, right? And you know, if you build if you if you build it and it seems like oh this is too big, I promise you it's not going to be too big, right? So you have to make sure you have the a right size vault, and um, you know you have to make sure that the things that we've seen that that don't work, that you just have to be efficient with it, right? Like your reception area, you have to make sure you have a good reception area. Make sure you're gonna have a lot of foot traffic coming in and out. You're going to, it could be too cold in the winter, too hot in the summer. You have to make sure that's efficient. And again, I keep going back to back of the house. When we sit down with the client, the first thing we say is let's figure out how we're going to make the back of the house because you're going to have a lot of employees back there mm. and they're going to be very busy. And you don't want them bumping into each other. You don't want it, people to be waiting in line. The, before you know it, there's going to be dispensaries all over the place. You don't want them to have to leave yours and go to the one down the block because they're waiting forever because your back of the house is just a mess. Oh, wow, yeah. I love that your your analogy though, like the bank weed store, because it just occurred to me, we have a weed store in the vault term, because we have a weed store here that just took over an old bank. Like now I'm thinking about it in my head. There's that front area that's open space, and then like you know, cannabis is the one product where it's always just on display. You can't like walk in and grab someone and be like, hey. But like yeah, that's they're on display. But then all the products in the back where the actual vaults are. Like I'm just mind blown thinking about that. Like this security requirement that. Just for the inventory of the the building, it's probably an extra thing. But I don't know if Washington State has that for the recreational side of things. Like, so no, you guys like- have totally different. So, like the pot shops, they call them Washington yeah. State versus the dispensaries in Illinois. And so, you guys have products on the walls, and so you can like their inventories on the walls. Yeah, we can't do that here. We're not allowed to do it. Yeah, yeah. like our no. inventory is in the vault. Uh, that's yeah. And they can like and then you have to bring out a smaller vault, vault yeah. to yeah. yeah. You know, same thing in California where, you know, we're, we're building some dispensaries in California right now and the POS station, right? The point of sale station 
for all intents and purposes, that's the vault because all the product is there. And that's something, Tom, we're not used to here in Illinois, right? Mm -hmm. You don't see any product on the floor, let alone at the POS station. No. But over there, everything you want can be in that in that POS area. So it's interesting. But, you know, Miggy, we're talking about, you know, like like renovating, right, old buildings and stuff. A lot of people have come to us with old banks and they think, okay, this is great because I already have a vault, right? It's already secure. Sometimes that vault, either it's a it's a mess, it's it's in horrible condition, or it's in the worst possible place, right? No. So we end up having to rip it out anyways and, and bring in and do our own vault. So sometimes it doesn't make sense. You, know, you think, oh, bank, easy, you know, it already is a vault. But yeah. sometimes the vault's in the basement, you know, and and you don't want to mm. go up and down, right? I mean, can you imagine you're gonna have to hire you know runners to run the product? Yeah. So so like it seems like oh, bank would be a great idea, and sometimes yeah. it is. Um, and usually they're actually old, cool buildings, but you know, efficiency, I, I keep going back to that. Just sometimes it's just the vaults in the worst possible place. And it doesn't make sense. Huh. Yeah. No, when you're a bank, you really aren't thinking about retailing out of your vaults. You're no, right. You're thinking about like, put the money in there. Now close it. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's usually nowhere near like where the sales floor would be. Have you thought about like you doing like a, like a shuttle from the vault, like instead of having a runner, Someone like shooting like we're, a little automation. We're, we're doing we're again we're doing it in California. We're doing a vacuum system, kind of like Neat. you'd have in a in a bank, right? Like right. so, a bank tower. Yeah. So it's going to shoot the vacuum system from the vault, you know, for any additional product or anything you need, right to the POS. Yeah. That's Very cool. Pretty cool. I tell yeah, you what, it's really cool. The, uh, yeah. The differences of dispensary design. I mean, don't. I don't think people, when even they, when they want to get into the industry, they want to get the license. They don't fully appreciate and realize that, you know, it changes depending on where you're trying to open, and that uh, it's probably more complex than you're giving it credit. It's like, well, I have I've owned a restaurant or I've owned this type of retail. I'm like, well, if you would have said like I owned a jewelry store, a bank, or or something where you're going to, or, or I was a pit boss at a casino, that mm -hmm. type of stuff where you have these cash handling policies. And and theft risk and robbery mm -hmm. risk, but uh, a lot of a lot of companies just don't, you know. And so it's, but it's good that they have some retail experience. But then it's like, well, how highly regulated is that retail experience? Yeah, right. And and so you know, some clients come to us from the retail world, and they're ready to open the store day one, but they don't know the cannabis aspect, right? Mm -hmm. And then we have cannabis people who come and they've won the license, but they've never done retail in their life. So, you know, and, and when that happens, you know, we, we actually have some uh, specialty consultants who we can refer them to who actually, that's what they do. Company out of um, Canada, they came from the retail world and they're there just to consult with new dispensary owners who may not have any retail experience at all, you know, how to open up and how to run their store. Because the last thing we want is for you to spend all this time and money on getting the license and all this time and money on opening up the dispensary and building it. And then you can't, you can't run it, Right. And, mm -hmm. and you don't have experience with running it. So, well, it's, yeah. uh, it's 20 past the hour. It means it's 420 somewhere. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to discuss how much it costs to start one of these dispensaries. We've talked about how complex it is, but hey, it's 420 somewhere. So smoke them if you got them. And that, uh, that 420 somewhere was brought to you by our company, Collateral Base. Head on over to uh, Collateral Base's knowledge section and go to our mastermind program. There is a coupon code for 10% off our mastermind program in there. Uh, the 
enterprise version comes with an application ready business plan if you are in uh, those complete application states like an Illinois or a New Jersey and maybe your state will also become a complete application state. Hey, David, so uh, you're more of the auxiliary side. You don't really touch anything, but because you're like a construction, we have a, a viewer, um, and I don't think you can answer this, what kind of training or certification required for employees? You're mostly just, do you have to get extra licenses or anything to be involved in construction for cannabis businesses? Oh. Well, for construction, yes. Like from us, right, we have to be licensed in either the local municipality we're working in or in the state. Um, you know, certain okay. states like New Jersey, Illinois, they don't care. They say the local town will license you, right? But other states like Arkansas, Mississippi, California, you have to be licensed in those states to be able. But you're to talking work. like a, a builder's license, right? It's not a specific yeah, cannabis builder's license because I mean, no, your no. knowledge as long base. As, no. Oh yeah, as, as I'm saying, like from what you're non-touching the plant, you pretty much have the ideal position to be in cannabis. You and Tom, kind of Tom, but Tom still kind of touches the plant where. The money touches it, whereas no, you're just I'm, like I'm representing the companies. He's in. He's a uh, also a client of those companies as well. We're expenses, but we're necessary mm. and good, valuable expenses. Right. Well, that's the thing. There's, there's uh, that's the thing about regulation legalization that most people don't like anticipate. Like, right? How do you become a grown up business? Like, like you know, when I was 18, mm. you know, I was a entrepreneur and I was able to flip a couple quarter pounds, but like. I didn't realize my perception was like the store. I, I was right, a middleman yeah. or whatever, you know, not paying taxes, you know, the guy at the grow, you know, just someone to, I, yeah. I know for like, for the cultivation, you know, people who we work for in our, our clients cultivation, everybody who works on the plants has to be pre-approved by the state usually, right? They mm -hmm. have to send in a background check and be pre-approved for the dispensaries. I don't know. That's kind of, you know, once, once we get our final inspections and the state signs off and the, and the town signs off, you know, we'll be involved just kind of back and forth, punch list stuff, but we really don't know, you know, if the employees have to be specially licensed or not. For us and our guys, as long as we have the local licenses, right, from our local boards, we're, we're golden. Yep. But it still doesn't mean that, like it's a cakewalk. And some of the people in the, uh, the comments and the audience are like, wow, I can't believe it costs as much to, you know, build a dispensary. It's like, well, you know, it's it's not you're not a guy on the street corner with which what was your expenses? I bought an ounce of weed and then I sold four of the eights. Yeah. Right, you're not breaking right. down stuff like that. It's it's a legitimate business. Oh, it's, 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 enterprise. it's a, yeah, it's a legitimate business and enterprise. And if you think about everything that goes into it, right? Any if you walk into any local dispensary, what you're gonna see is most likely a beautiful new building, right? Because they're all being built up, very especially in our recreational states, right? Mm -hmm. Our rec states, they're bringing yeah. big, and you know sometimes they're sleek and, and contemporary, like an Apple Store. You know sometimes they're more eclectic, but they're they're all very nice and cool looking buildings. But then we don't also see is the security component, which is a huge cost. Mm -hmm. um, you don't see again the vault or the secure storage, and you know all the additional. You know some some places we have to do a special order mitigation system yep which can be over a hundred thousand dollars yeah some towns require it some towns don't but you know we do a lot work in storefronts uh strip malls the landlord you know they don't if you got like a a, a kid's like jimboree next to you or like oh, no. a, a clothing store or next what to about the a church what about a right, well, the strip mall well, churches like right yeah. next to it's like you know well, you, you know that, that won't fly anyways yeah. we gotta be 500 feet from those but wow. let's say we were let's say we got a waiver yeah, you you don't want that, and you know dispensaries don't smell that bad. It's not like they smell like a cultivation, um, but there is an odor that's going to come out of that vault. Um, so there are some requirements of special order mitigation 
you know, can range from a, a small, you know, $25,000 unit or again, a $100,000 unit. But so those are all things that you don't see when you walk into a, a dispensary, which just raises the cost. And yeah, it's not, they're not cheap to build, um, but there's a lot that goes into them. Yep. Let's start going over some of those things. Yeah. I'll go ahead and cool. show up. Oh, oh, crap. My, uh, my Apple computer decided to be a jerk. So uh, I'm going to now try to get rid of that. So like, you know, at the bottom of your Apple computer is that, that bar that comes up. And so I was trying to share my screen, also at the bottom of my computer, uh, and the bar came up and I opened my podcast uh, folder, which I never use. Way to go, Tom. I know. I'm just batting a thousand here. All right. Here, Tom, oh. one of these. Oh, wait, yeah, never mind. Oh, you're going to do the technical difficulty bumper. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's uh, Grow America Builders. It's David's company. And so he yeah. gave us this quote that we're going to be using on Thursday. We're going to be doing a uh, our first seminar, which is kind of like a webinar, uh, a workshop, we call it for our mastermind course. We're going to be doing one on syndication real estate uh, deals. And so that's when you have some money, but maybe not all of it for getting this. We're going to talk about how you can pool your assets together and access the capital of the credit markets that are available to the cannabis industry. So this is a New Jersey dispensary and it assumes a 2,500 square foot white box storefront. What does that mean, David, a white box storefront? Okay, great question. So when we come into a project, sometimes we walk into an existing building that hasn't been touched from the previous tenant, right? Let's say it's a, it's a Chase Bank or a or a smash burger, right? We walk into there and we got to take apart the kitchen. We need to take apart the booths. We need to rip the flooring out. Okay. What a white box is, vanilla box is also another name for it. You're basically walking into the big unit, right? Rectangle, square, whatever it is, drywalled on the outside walls, but nothing else in there. Okay. Wide open, usually no ceiling, usually either a concrete floor or the old flooring that was in it before, but that's it. Right. So you don't, you don't, you're not walking in with interior walls. You're not walking into, you know, old benches from a restaurant. It's, it's just an open space that is usually drywalled on the four walls, you know, four exterior walls, and that's it. So it already assumes that demolition is done, right? So there's really not a lot of demo. There'll be some, but not a lot of demo. The landlord has, you know, usually gotten all the electric consolidated or the electric is ready to go. You usually have the the units, the, the RTUs, which is the rooftop HVAC units are already up on the, on the roof and operational. So that's what a white box is. Um, you know, if it's not a white box, you know, it's a whole different story. You don't know, but for purposes of this, for time, we figured a white box cause that's the simplest way to assume cost and to figure out a cost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a lot so, of times when you're, when you're working with landlords, sorry, Tom, but you know, usually negotiate, we want to come in with a white box. We, the, so the white box negotiation though. So you both have to agree on what the white box is. Cause you said there could be some work still being done. I mean, it's a very legal term, right? When you say like, it's not going to be absolutely clean. Yeah. Because there could be some shit you got to wrap up, but well, uh, you know what? What happens is when when we're not involved. Usually, we like to try to be involved, you know, during that negotiation. We help draft the letter of intent of what's going to be included in the white box. But right, if not, we can walk in. We can assume, oh, you know, this is ready to go. You know, the bathrooms are stubbed in, electrics consolidated, and we can walk in, and it's not like that at all. Right. So it, usually a good letter of intent will spell out what the white box will or won't include. That way, everybody's on the same page when you walk into the project. Nice. All right. Let's go back to some of these estimates. So it says general conditions that might come in at 35 large. And then there's the on site services, the project manager and the site supervisor and a mm-hmm. permit allowance. 
So what are these? Because like, you know, again, this is realism that the entrepreneur is now coming into contact with. What are those expenses? So general conditions are expenses that are part of the project, but is not tangible um, hammer to nail, right? So it could be tool rentals, equipment rentals, it's bidding, it's um, coordination between the building department, it's um, um, you know phone conversations, it's accounting, accounts payable, accounts receivable, um, items like that. Um, you know, travel is usually included in that. So that's general conditions. Is is any part of the project? that is not tangible, you know, bricks and mortar on the actual um, project. Mm-hmm. And then you have a supervisor. Then, that's clearly just uh, That's self-explanatory, right? So yeah. we have, right, correct. We have a national project manager um, who is, you know, runs all the projects from a national level. And then we have um, superintendents who run the job for the day-to-day basis. Permit allowances. How many permits are you going to need in this uh, uh, build-out process? Well, Technically, it's one permit, but there's a number of permits consolidated in that one permit. So, you know, you have the electrical permit, the plumbing permit, the fire alarm permit, right? So all of that is involved. But when the building department calls us, hey, your permit's ready, which is usually a great day, right? It's the best day when they call and say that. The, the permit fee includes all of those permits together. They'll say, hey, come on in. Your permit's uh, $22,000, you know, bring in a bank check or, um, you know, cashier's check. And based on New Jersey you know, I estimated 25K because that's average of what they've been. They've been between like 18 and 25, give or take. Um, you know, some places it's, you know, it could be $1,500 and some places it can be $50,000. But in New Jersey, for the most part, in the, you know, local municipalities, that's where it comes in at. Cool. You know, then uh, there's more of them. Like there's, there's one of them called like demolition. I guess uh-huh. that yeah. will make sense to people because you don't think you're just going to, turnkey it'd be like oh we'll just polish everything up we don't have to knock anything down right, right. Um, and, and even in a white box there's going to yeah. be some demolition right there's probably going to be some some demolition of the concrete floor um, because you're going to want to extend bathrooms you're going to want to run your electric conduit in the floors for your pos stations so we always figure there's gonna be some demo right and then uh, what about this this custom millwork allowance what's mm-hmm. millwork because so- i'm i'm one of those guys who doesn't use his hands uh, I yeah. only really think and then type. All right. Well, get the time. When we start doing projects together, you're going to use your hammer. I'm going to give you a hammer. I'm going to give you some nails. I'm going to give you a tool belt. And awesome I will give you five a minutes leaf. of a, of a, of a three stooges-esque <laughs> hilariousness of a Good. tragedy of errors over the course of five minutes. It'll end with me in an ambulance going, I told you. It's <laughs> uh, great. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have a great time doing it. Though. No, it'll it'll be yeah, yeah. Good yeah. content. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so basically, um, which item were we on again? We were on custom millwork. Oh yeah. Custom milk. Okay. So custom millwork. All right. So that's a $50,000 allowance. And when an item is an allowance, that's very important because that means that when we work with the client, we're, they'll give us their vision, right? What they want the dispensary to look like. We'll have a lookbook. We'll say, you know, either go to Google or here's our lookbook and we'll show you what we've done and we'll know their vision. Mm. So when it's an allowance and that would cover your POS stations, right? That the that's custom millwork, uh, wall coverings, right? So like if you have nice, cool um, walnut wood coverings, that's custom milk, and you know where you can put your displays. Oh, really? um, anything, right? So anything like that 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 is on the sales floor, that is you know part of your part of your sales area, uh, reception desk. Okay, if that's not going to be um, purchased and it's going to be built, that's custom millwork, and. 
$50,000 for 2,500 square foot dispensary should be, you know, more than enough, especially if we're, you know, going to gonna, gonna kind of keep it lean. Now we're doing projects where sometimes the custom millwork is close to $400,000. Okay. Those would look um, really fancy. Fancy, but also much larger, right? You know, yeah. so if you're up, you know, about, you know, six to 10,000 square feet and you want to have a lot of really cool looking custom millwork and you're doing something, you know, high gloss, maybe a lot of kiosks, you're mm. going to get up to that. But but $50,000 for 2,500 square foot dispensary should be plenty, um, especially, you know, if you're working with, you know, someone like us or, you know, the company is kind of guiding you, you know, to the right budget. Door frames and doors. That one stood out at 18000 why would doors be expensive in a dispensary? <laughs> well, they, okay, I think that's that's a good <laughs> a question. The reason doors yeah. loaded question, right? Yeah. Um, well, that's because they have to be secure. They have to be heavy duty for the most part. Um, your doors and your hardware, you're going to have to have electric strikes because you're going to have access control for your doors. Um, mm. We 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 like to do special hinges. So let's say you know, God forbid, you get broken into, you can't pop the hinge out from the from the back end. So doors and frames on a dispensary, it's going to be about twenty percent, twenty five percent more than it would be for like a Gap, right, or mm. for an Abercrombie store. But and you have a lot more doors too in a dispensary. Think about it. You know, you walk in, you're going to have your reception door. You have a couple oh, yeah. of sales floor doors, you have bathrooms. In the back of the house, you have a lot of different doors back there. So, yeah, no, that's, um, you know, that's a, that's why they are more expensive than usual. But this line item also would then stand out to an entrepreneur. Because, like, entrepreneurs, some entrepreneurs that I talk to, and I try not to, like, make them into clients, they just seem that every project that they have can magically be made cheaper if they just call the people they already know. And so I'm like, oh, oh, crap. I'm not sure if this is going to work out for you, bro. I mean, like, it's one thing if you're in Oklahoma or maybe also yeah. New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico appears to be quite wide open as well. But it's a completely different thing if you're in a regulated place. And that regulation isn't just at the state level. You know, there's also building codes that you have to do yeah. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, the framing gypsum plywood vault and security yeah. mesh. That yes. came out to 120,000. And what's M&L stand hmm. for? M&L. Uh, material and material and material labor. labor. That's right. Material and labor. So that's so, that's where they get you. The labor. Yeah, right. So labor, well, especially right now, especially yeah. right now, yeah. labor is hard to come by. Very good labor is hard to come by, and materials are expensive. But Raising that item, price. if you if you if you see, that includes a lot, right? So that includes framing the vault, the mesh for the vault. Because, you know, in New Jersey, we, since we know, you know, we've built three dispensaries in New Jersey, we mm. know that you can, you will be able to pass inspections by using wire mesh, right? You don't have to do the prefab vaults, which we like those, but they're not necessary and they're not required in New Jersey. Um, you don't need to use CMU block like we have to down in, down south, down in Arkansas. Mm. Um, so we do wire mesh, right? So that's the framing the whole dispensary that's, um, drywalling the dispensary, any type of insulation it may need, and then um, the vault, uh, you know, the vault structure. Do you have a, like a core team of laborers and stuff that will come out? Because I mean, even I, you know, growing up, I've been, yeah. you know, labor. Like I know guys have traveled, you know, state to state doing like asphalt or whatnot. Yeah. Do you have that kind of thing well, coordinated? Well, now I've got Tom on board, so Tom just joined the crew. But other than Tom, yeah, I've got, I've got, we, so we have a couple crews. So we usually like to use local, right? So like really? when we're in the different states, we like to use local, especially for the trades like electrician, plumber, okay. um, HVAC contractor. Actually, we have a very good national HVAC company. Yeah. But if we didn't have a national HVAC company, we'd want to use those local guys because 
they know the local requirements on those items. Um, and then for the framing, yeah, we have, um, you know, we have used crews out in New Jersey, but we also have a Chicago crew that's here with us and they're great because you can send them anywhere. They'll go there, they'll work 16 hour days, they'll stay in a hotel next door yeah. and they can knock a project out, you know, that you wouldn't believe in like three, four days. I mean, local's good, but I have a kind of bad experience in Tucson where a place I used to stay at where they use local, they don't have requirements really, each is a handshake and whatnot, but the wiring, they opened up the circuit breaker one time and they were all black wires, all yeah. black. Like there was no red and greens and like, it was just like, okay, that's a gamble of what, yeah, right. You right. know, and our outlets, my outlet in my little city apartment had like, I opened up the, the, the plug and there was no wires yeah. behind it. I'm like, <laughs> well, this is what happens yeah. when you get the lowest bidder, the shittiest, whatever, right. you know? So, well, but with local also, don't forget, like we have local superintendents who vet everybody yeah, and, okay. you know, for the most part, you know, if we're using somebody, they've either been vetted or we've used them before. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is, this is, you know, We've been we've been very lucky, you know, the fact that every project we do, we've had unbelievable crews. I can't say that there's any local crew that we've used that I thought sucked, right? right They've on. all been awesome. Yeah, we've yeah. been lucky. And that's something some that... take some take longer than I than I would have <laughs> wanted them to, but they've yeah. all been they've all been very good quality. Yeah, and that's something that I even do uh, when I'm writing the application on the front end before uh, you actually have to build it. You speak about this because it is a very local industry. And so we're like, no, the local community yeah, is right. part of the team. And so we're going to yes. try to hire local. To You mm-hmm. immediately start, especially in your competitive application, your complete application jurisdictions, yeah. your Illinois, your Florida's, your um, uh, New Jersey's, what have you. Uh, you start putting that in your plans for how you're going yep. to uh, yeah. construct and build out that it's going to be extremely local because this industry very much is a uh, profit grab for the municipalities. And and it's fine. I have no problem with that. It's way right. better than the it's last regulation. Big, big profit grab. Yeah. But it, I agree with you, too. I think it's fine. It, it's yeah. But but you know what? I even take it to the local level too. Like there's many times that we have to present with our client at the local level, right? At, in the town for a special use permit or for variance. And, you know, we come in because, you know, we've obviously have dispensary experience, so we can speak to that. But also as the builder, we say, Hey, we're going to use local. We're going to use your local guys here. And it's not just bullshit. Like we really do. So when we come in and, and either city council or it's a zoning board and we say, Hey, you know, we're here. We're not going to bring in guys from out of state. We're going to use local guys. Right. A, they like to hear it because you're keeping you're keeping it, you know, nearby. You're keeping it local. Yeah. And it's also not just uh, lip service. That is usually the best, most efficient way to build is to use local guys. Um, you know, especially on the the micro level with with dispensaries. Yeah, I'll be doing an environmental plan for uh, New Mexico uh, this coming week, I'm sure. And uh, that that was in my environmental plans. That yeah, right, all right. Illinois. Local, yeah. I mean, because you're not going to be pulling somebody in from uh, overseas. No, it's going to be no. the, the local contractors. But let's yeah. talk about the security component line items that are on here. So important. Okay. Yep. We're gonna and we're gonna start here. Uh, right after signage, you know, because yep. signage that you're going to have to comply. There will be mm-hmm. regulations about how your signage must look, but still budget for it because you you don't know, you know you want a nice sign. Uh, right. Fire, plumbing, mechanical, electric, light fixtures, security, and fire alarm system. All of those I would pretty much lump into uh, security. So, uh, what type of mechanical well, systems are you going to see in your average dispensary? Right. So for mechanical systems, again, this is assuming that you already have the rooftop units. You already have your heating and your air conditioning in here. So what that covers is it covers running ductwork right to the to the new rooms. 
you're running your own ductwork to the new rooms. Um, in the vault, we always highly recommend putting in a, a mini system. The vault should have its own um, control for temperature, its own climate control. Very We've taken important. Over the terpenes. It is. The terpenes. Yeah. Oh my God. The terpenes. Yep. Save right. the terps. You got right? The terps. The terpenes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you have to you have to make sure we've we've gotten so many plans, guys, from architects who either don't know cannabis or they don't know cannabis industry. And the vault has has no climate control in there. It's just a sealed box. I see Miggy Miggy rolling. I mean, what? so and and we look at like guys, like like even even if I had the slightest idea about weed. You really are going to have this this flower, this plant. agriculture product, yeah, right. Shoved With in, some shoved extremely in. So, volatile terpenes like myrcene, just it, it, right. Or mold so, developed too, you know, moisture, absolutely, whatever. Absolutely. So, so we always make sure, even if it's not in the plans, we go back for uh, revision to make sure we put a little mini system in those vaults so that it's got its own climate control. Very important. Well, it's just- got to have circulation, circulation, and climate control. That's such a huge part of your, so like you just, so so this whole total of this contract, besides security being expensive, whatnot, what were, what were you looking at there, Tom? Like what, uh, 400,000, is that the bottom line was, or 600? Oh, no, no, we haven't gotten there yet. Okay, It's, uh, just- it's going to be 640,000 for subtotal of construction, but let's, let's touch well, on the security system, which I thought kind of came in light, but then when I looked at it relative, I thought it maybe was just more broken well, down. So and- your security system, what are you including in that one? Again, for this is for a twenty five hundred square foot facility, right? So at fifty five thousand dollars, and again, it's an allowance because you don't know if it's if it's a storefront in a strip mall, you're not worrying about surveillance on all four walls, exterior surveillance, right? You have interior right. surveillance, you have your your key card access, right? Your limited access control, um, and you have your you know your typical burglar alarm, security alarm. Um, th- so that's what that covers. Um, it covers you, you know, compliance for New Jersey um, with past compliance. Now, mm. if you're going to, and, and that's usually what we see them come in at, you know, give or take for that size facility. Again, if you're going to go 5,000 square feet, you're doubling it. That's going to be around $100,000. So 2,500 square foot dispensary should be okay with that allowance. Now, um, you know, if it's a freestanding building, you may need a couple more cameras, a little bit more surveillance. Um, you know, we have a couple of security companies we really like a lot. You know, they'll have their own recommendations, but to plug in an allowance for, um, you know, 55000 for a 2,500 square foot dispensary, um, that should be, that should be a plenty. Again, key card for key card access for limited access in the back rooms, surveillance, typical burglar alarm, motion detectors, glass breaks, that type of thing. Yep. And then uh, even Illinois, they got so fastidious when it came down to like the resolution and the data retention policies. And so, like, you'd have to oh, yeah. uh, ensure that you had the 1080p and yep. trained at every ingress and egress in and out of a door so that it's going to be fixed on their face. Uh, yeah. And then you have to, like, keep that. And then you have to back it up in the cloud as well. You got to keep so, it and back it up. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's, you know, again, we get it all set up. We coordinate with the, the, the security contractor. But thank God we don't have to deal directly with the data, with the you know keeping that data and making sure that you know you have it all back because that is that's something that you know, though I'm sure some of those security guys have some sleepless nights if something goes offline. Oh yeah, oh sure. yeah, yeah. And then yeah. sometimes uh, that's one of the regs that I recall in Illinois. Yeah, so they have to have mainline to the state police, and so there's yeah. some state police guy back there just going like, nothing, nothing, right, nothing. right. And then if it's right. offline, it'd be like, hey, what's going on? Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, this construction, this build that you're you're laying out. I mean, this is yeah. assuming about the more like I want to emphasize that they already have the HVAC system installed yeah. that's properly for this plant that needs to circulation. You know, and again, like you said, in some of these vaults, you know, I've seen just the uh, thirty thousand dollar units uh, uh, just for small rooms for control. So let alone a twenty five hundred dollar, you know, twenty four square space uh, with separate. Uh, you know, as you know, air circulation, you know, if the room's closed, it all varies and whatnot. Wow. So that can run you, what, another 500,000? Oh, if, if, you, if you have to put in all new 000. units and everything? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you have, like, let's say there's there's no rooftop units and you're coming in with a brand new HVAC system. Right. That can, you, could, you could definitely be, from 25, you can be, like, at $100,000 easily. Yeah. yeah. You have to get a crane out there usually, you know, get it up on the roof, um, new curbs. So there's a lot that goes into it. But if you're yeah. going to take a storefront, nine times out of 10, the landlord already has existing units ready to go. And all we're doing then is just running our duct work and um, adding a little mini system into the vault. Okay. A little mini system. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's kind of oops, uh, let's wrap this up a little bit more. And so then there's a, that's a subtotal then of just this mm-hmm. white box, yep, vanilla shell uh, in a strip mall more or less, six hundred and forty large. Uh, and then there's insurance. People forget about insurance, but you yep. need it in case yep. you need it. And so you should buy it. Uh, contractor contingency. What's a contractor contingency? So so it's a contingency. We usually put a percentage on it that just things that can we can run into that may not be anticipated, may not be on the plans. If we have that contingency, then that usually covers unknowns. And it's on there. So it's on the paper, at least. And then if we do run into something that's unknown, that's not a change order, um, you know, let's say we're, we start, we're doing a little bit of demo and we find out there's asbestos or, you know, there's lead paint. We need to do some abatement or, or, or you just, there's clogged pipe. You never know. There's just things in that could come up that's unanticipated. So we keep a contingency in there, um, you know, of a percentage and that covers those unknowns and it's already on there. So the client can already base that into their budget and it's not a surprise later on down the line. Right. On. And, and if it doesn't get, it's a contingency. So if it doesn't get used, it doesn't get used. Awesome. And then uh, architecture and engineering. Yep. So we do, again, we're full design build. So we do uh, architecture, design, and engineering. Architecture is, as you would expect, just you know, set of plans, floor plans, cross sections, you know, a set of blueprints that are ready for permit. Okay. And that's a back and forth between us and the client with the architect design team on those calls, Zooms, or in-person meetings. Then engineering is MEP. I don't know if you guys know what MEP is, but that's mechanical, electrical, plumbing plans. A special engineer puts those together. Now, on a cultivation, that number can be between seventy-five dollars and $150,000 easily, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Easily. Um, but for a dispensary, there's really not a lot of MEP that's needed. So, you know, between architecture and engineering, a $40,000 budget for 2,500 square foot dispensary is what we would charge um, across the board for that size project. Nice. And what is contractor OH ampersand P? It's, I mean, I'm assuming OH is overhead, but what's yep. uh, ampersand P? Uh, profit, overhead and profit. Overhead and profit. All right. Yeah. And, so basically, yeah. that's basically the fee. Right. That we take as the as the general right. contractor on this project, and yeah. so there you go. For eight hundred two thousand, on two hundred and ninety bucks, you can take it home with it and open up yourself. <laughs> uh, we'll give it to you. We'll, we'll, we'll get it done tomorrow. Yeah. Give me twenty four hours. You have a brand new dispensary. Right. That's yeah. that's amazing. I mean, but you really get it done through magic labor. That's that's how I've found I get most of my stuff yeah. done. Magic. 
But uh, it's, it's hilarious. But I mean, I really wanted to thank you for helping everybody understand and break down how you can kind of get your hands around and, and see that, you know, you might be oversimplifying what you think it is when you try to open a dispensary and how much it costs to open a dispensary. And that's why we went through the whole bit. And we're like, no, nope, yeah, you're that's forgetting great. about this. You're forgetting about mm-hmm. that. You know, yeah. you really covered it. That's what regulation yeah. brings you. <laughs> but yeah, it brings you right. running water, safety. You know, there's a lot of things yeah. and reasons why. Yeah, right. You're, you're covering. So like that, that is a good snapshot of, you know, beautiful aesthetic, but also functionality and then, you know, everything that you want behind the walls, right? So mm-hmm. that's the whole kit and caboodle, as we say, is, is all encompassed in that. That's great. And, you know, some people in the chat, they were asking if, uh, can you even access debt on this? And I, Or like, you know, get a loan? I'm like, yes, you can. And yeah. if you go yeah, to course. our uh, knowledge section, we're having our first mastermind workshop. It's on a real estate syndication deal. We'll be having that on Thursday. Uh, somebody actually bought a ticket while we were on the, uh, the show right now. We're going to explain how you would go about, because it's, you saw it, it's about $800,000. This is before you would pay for your application materials. And that could be another fifty dollars to $100,000 in a state like um, uh, Illinois or New Jersey, more in Florida because it's crazy down there. Hmm. But uh, then what? I mean, how much money are you going to need also for your inventory? And now you have yeah, right. a real budget. And then once you have that budget, you can figure out, well, what's your gap? How short are you based on your own funds? Because like this, these really are for entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs tend to, you know, have personal financial statements and have, have applied for credit before. So uh, we're going to walk through uh, methods that your team, because you're going to have social equity in jurisdictions like New Jersey or in Illinois, mm-hmm. can pool their resources to be able to access financing, which is really, if we can get that in the industry, it's really going to help bring down the uh, the barriers. Legalization. Yeah, I agree. Well, legalization, yeah. of course, but then like you still, we'd still have these numbers. I mean, even if it was legal and you could go get a traditional loan as opposed to as opposed to a private equity loan, um, you know, then that just would be something the private equity lenders wouldn't necessarily look into. Well, uh, the banks would be loaning to it. Yeah, I'm saying that's the whole barrier, right? As far as like everything goes when it comes to like opening a cannabis, anything, it's like opening a restaurant. Yeah, and- or whatever, yeah, man. And 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 you know, I and not Tom. Something I did want to mention was social equity. As you bring mm-hmm. that up, is you know we have a separate social equity plan where we provide all of these resources where we'll do itemized budget, um, property evaluations, um, anything that we offer our services. Right, uh, uh, layouts. If you're a social equity applicant, we don't charge for any of that. We have no uh, retainer. We have no commitment. No LOI. So we're trying to kind of level the playing field. So mm-hmm. if you do have social equity applicants who are looking and, and they don't know where to start because it can be very overwhelming, we have a whole separate um, program for social equity applicants where, you know, we, we literally just sit and we open up our books and say, okay, what, how can we help you? Let, do you need us right. to evaluate a property? Because sometimes, you know, you'll look at a building, you'll sign a lease, it's a lemon, right? It's, it, it's horrible for a dispensary. I mean, maybe in a good location, but it's going to cost you two times as much to build out as one maybe four blocks away. Um, so, you know, that's just something for social equity. Really try to have a, we have a program in place. I can email it to you, you know, later on, but, cool. um, you know, typically we charge a retainer letter of engagement, but for social equity applicants, we have no commitment, nothing like that. Yeah. We like right. to give them some discounts as well and then help them with yeah. their application because I've seen social equity applicants not get their points because they didn't have their paperwork stack in order. And that, right. that was frustrating. I mean, that happened a lot in Illinois and they, Illinois didn't care. 
You know, there were so no. many freaking applicants. They were just trying to sort through the ones that actually had it right. Uh, and then yeah. there were so many different moving parts that you could have made a mistake anywhere. Uh, and right. it was it was it was something else. But then that, to a certain extent, is going to go on all over the country as they have the complete application and then also the social equity. Because when you have an application for these these licenses, you know, in, in New Jersey, it's it's a paltry 125 pages, but that's still 125 pages. You know, in Illinois, yeah. it was closer to five to seven hundred. And and then in um, other states like Florida, it'll probably be over a thousand because you have to be a that's, vertically integrated operator. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it's crazy. Even even a state like Michigan, which is fairly simple. You know, I've seen those applications, too, and it's, it's just papers on top of papers. On, there's no simple cannabis application out there. There's not. So there is. But it's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not. And that's the problem. Like, you know, yeah. the, like I, I always say like Arizona, but then Arizona wasn't simple because it's like you need the real estate. You need the zoning. You need yeah, the right. permission from who owns it. It's probably you. And then you have to have like six hundred thousand dollars. And so that's hard. I mean, like it's deceptively yeah. easy. It, uh, yes. uh, you know, it seems that New Mexico is the new Oklahoma, though. So to a certain extent in New Mexico, provided mm. you have all that stuff, you have the real estate and then also the water rights, Yeah, uh, right. you can get open. But you still have to build the thing. It's not like it's magically free just because you can get a license. So, uh, David, you said you had a contract in Mississippi? Yeah, we're, we got a, a couple projects on Mississippi. Yep. Damn, I'm so that yeah. they're building already starting because the, the law happened. But oh, there, there's, to... there's, there's companies out there that are halfway built already. Yep. So, you know, and, you know, our, our client, you know, they were down there and, and had the building ready to go. And then, you know, what happened, right? Supreme Court and then yeah. all this legislation. Um, but now, you know, things finally, ever since the governor signed off on it, it's been, you know, full steam ahead. So, nice. no, we mm-hmm. Mississippi, I think it's going to be a really good market. We've gotten not not only do we have a couple of clients down there, but we've gotten multiple calls on Mississippi and I think it's going to be a very interesting market. Yeah, we're getting oh, a lot, sure. too. I'm just uh, nervous yeah. about how they're going to do the regulations because of the governor. And so I'm not yeah. sure if it's going to be in a really open market state like a New Mexico or an Oklahoma or if it's going to be somewhere closer to like an Illinois or uh, New Jersey. We're, we're thinking almost like a hybrid between like an Oklahoma and a Missouri is kind of mm. like what we're what we're hearing and what we're seeing. But you never know. Yeah, Missouri. Missouri was a full application state. And so you had, yeah. you needed a complete app and it was competitive. And then those Missouri apps were complex. I didn't do any. It was before I got into the game. But um, I, I saw enough about who won afterwards that you're like, okay, but it, that, that's good. However, it's uh, it means that we might only get one shot at this. And so if you're in yeah. uh, Mississippi, get ready to go. It's not like you're in New Jersey where it's just a rolling application. Like if you're in New Mexico or Mich- uh, Michigan, you can go apply tomorrow. Uh, in some states, they have windows, and those windows can be really, really onerous. Hmm. Yep. Welcome to the industry, Mickey. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, like, Mickey is actually social equity in New Jersey because he has been convicted of a cannabis crime. Yeah, I got my ticket. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's get your license out there. Yeah, let's, let's put in an yeah. application. We just need a local team. That's the thing. He's not local, but he's social yeah. equity. Yeah. I'm, I'm social equity, but I got horrible credit. So, uh, you know, well, you're like, social equity. That's that why you're here. Yeah. You, your credit is not uh, uh, the capital. I Granted, put some in, you know, make a contribution because then you can say, I got skin in the game, not just social equity. You know, I don't want you to feel like you haven't contributed something. Oh, no, I'll take the free check. <laughs> just show me where to Same. sign. Hey, I just want to give a shout out to a, a, a viewer. Uh, uh, his name is uh, Raymond uh, Robledo Jr. He sent me a bunch of pipes. Check out this monster. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's bigger than my head. 
So yeah. I haven't smoked out of this one yet. Um, well, let's see. Now's the time, isn't it? Well, you know, yeah. we, we we try to be off camera when we smoke. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. I want to do a uh, email uh, Biggie at four twenty binary at gmail, and then uh, don't forget, be like, yeah, I got pipes and other stuff for you to, and then just you know, get on well, the name that strain. Follow us over at facebook.com too. Pipes and like this one's for like a joint, so you can like you know put the joint in safety. And then there's a, a package one, which I think I want to do a giveaway later. I'll figure out when or how you know. But send me an email. Um, this one includes a pipe and a little joint holder, but it's got a cool little. Uh, he's got a little card in here. It says uh, "Life's a Beach," um, and it's got a little uh, Facebook and whatnot. But then the packages, when you uh, the sticker on here, it says uh, "Warning: Opening this package will cause extreme happiness." Which uh, <laughs> You know, this I think it's you know, it's handmade. He's been making these to give me a nice little yeah. handwritten note, uh, in the pandemic. Very cool. Um, you know, I, I like I, th- I think that's the thing about like well, cannabis, and uh, uh, it's like it's always about the craftsmanship. So, like, no one talking to you today, you know, because you're a craftsman. I have you know, uh, nothing but love and respect for you know, all the craftsmen. It's like, even like early pipes, like, that's a plumbing tool, you know, that's a plumber's, yeah. you know, so it's like. It was all craftsmen's, you know. The, the roach clip was like an electrician's uh, joint, you know. This, it, it's you know, all, this whole like uh, the world's gonna die and end because everybody's gonna get high and not want to work, you know. But that's who deserves to be vibing is the guy pounding hammers all day and throwing his back yeah. out. You well, know? you know that right. That's a false narrative, anyways, right? Yeah. I mean, I and yeah. I see who. Uh, some some governor, some politician recently said that, right? I, I forgot who it was last week in the news, and it's just like it well, could be it more. Might have been out of Nebraska, Kansas, uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. I think Oklahoma's governor is now starting to get upset about how easy it was to get a cannabis license in Oklahoma. But yeah, you see it, the political ones, right? Right. They say, oh yeah, and then and next we're going to legalize it in the next five years. You know, nobody's going to be working, everybody's going to be home. You know, getting stoned. And, and you guys know, being in the industry. It is a vibrant, hardworking, you know, midnight oil working industry, right? We're and and everybody's consuming, everybody's enjoying, but everybody's also working their ass off. So that's right. What's the thing about Vietnam too? Like all the soldiers aren't going to want to fight or kill or whatever. No, nah, man, it just makes you want to. Yeah, yeah, that was lame. They they made that, yeah. and I can't remember which one did, but I think it was um, the turtle. Turtle from Kentucky, uh, Mitch McConnell was talking yeah. about. Yes, that's who yeah. it was. Mitch McConnell who said that. You're right. Yeah. It was the turtle. Yeah. Yep. yeah, because of the Russian thing, and so now we're going to be yeah. good them high. Uh, it was crap. But anyway, David, thank yep. you so much for coming on the program and discussing how much does it cost to build a dispensary. And I think we covered a lot of stuff. I'm not sure if there's any questions from the audience that they might have. But how do we get in touch with you, man? How can somebody reach out and you know work with you on a, a dispensary or a cultivation product that, project that they have? This first of all, this was great. I listen all the time. I love the show. And when Tom and I kind of connected, I was like, dude, I watch the show all the time. So this was great. Um, and yeah, David at Grow America Builders is my email. Anybody can email me, um, David at Grow America Builders. And then our um, website is GrowAmericaBuilders.com. Very simple. Just you click on there. We have a we have a questionnaire that goes directly to my inbox, mm-hmm. and I uh, would love to hear from anybody. And um, yeah, this was great, guys. I really appreciate it. Hey. Yeah, yeah, one time, you know, we're trying to do more guests on Sundays, but uh, shout out to all the members, you know, really appreciate them. And thanks for everybody who tuned in, you know, likes and subscribes. And we'll be back on a Wednesday. We'll be yeah. feeling good. Later. Thanks, guys.
good stuff, man. Yeah, I mean that's guys. That was really fun. Wow. I enjoyed it. We're still kind of live. We we like to turn up the music afterwards because like oh, people yeah. can like turn on to this thing and then we just hit go and then it's and it ends. 